0: that at a certain level of success, you're not everyone's gonna like you. It's impossible. If you wanna get everyone to like you, be nobody. You know, Be nobody and help nobody
1: essentially is what it is. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast where we help you go from making your work your life to making your life work. We share true stories, interviews, and experiences that will help you, the hero, in your quest for passion and purpose higher purpose, higher productivity. This is a purpose-driven executive podcast. People of Purpose, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today. I've got someone and um, if you don't know her, um, you're probably not on LinkedIn. So I just like actually want you to, to stop right now and pull over the car before you do it if you're listening in the car and go ahead and go to LinkedIn and find Shay Robottom, And it's it's, it's spelled just the way it sounds. Um, I am not even going to attempt to tell you all of the uh, great stories of her life. I'm going to let her share some of that here with you now. But um, you are, you're failing yourself if you're not going back and doing a little bit of stuff. You're going to find all kinds of cool videos and posts and all kinds of great things from her. But um, but this is this is a woman of um, purpose, someone who is who has created something significant and not just a, uh, a business that's flourishing in a very quick amount of time, but also maintains a human perspective. She's just genuine in what she brings, and so I just had to have her on. I'm really excited to introduce you to the one, the only, as far as I know, Shay <laughs> Robottom.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Donnie. Well, Shay, talk to
1: like like I've, I've got to say like I've, when. When I saw, I think I saw a video from you. It was, um, it was a few months ago. Well, gosh, probably a year ago. Maybe mm-hmm. I first started getting onto the Shea train, and it was mm-hmm. someone else like or commented on something you said, and that's how we all find all the great stuff, right? Yes. And um, I was really surprised at some of the content uh, that you were sharing. I think the first one I saw was um, had to do with, you know, why God is real, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Um, no, maybe that was one of the. It was like once I saw one. No, that yeah, that was a post. That was a that was a video. So that makes sense. Had I had to jump into a bunch. And your videos are famous. They're fun. They're genuine. They're quirky. Um, Thank you. In in and I know that this wasn't like you didn't grow up thinking this is what you were gonna be. You just you pivoted into this. I wanted I want to hear from you. Like, how did you find this um, this space first off? And then I, and then I want to hear a little bit about. The content of why you produce what you produce but how did how do you find this thing you're a musician
0: yeah thank you thank you I was a musician I did always since I was a little girl like want to be in entertainment but I was you know specifically kind of stuck on music um as a young adult and uh you know that that, that was a really hard road I didn't have a lot of support I didn't have any like marketing expertise I was just totally winging it like total starving artist um but then I eventually met Luke and also uh, came across an opportunity to learn how to edit and create videos for large social media pages. like My, my first client had two and a half million followers at the time so Your first yeah my first client yeah, okay. so like for me, it was really like realizing holy crap this g- this guy knows what he 's doing and he knows how to get attention online and he 's monetizing and he 's killing it. I really kind of humbled myself and just like put music on the back burner for a few years to learn from these uh, experts in the social media world. And um, not only that, but it was so easy to grow my business because there was really at the time, no one licensing video content for creators on platforms like Facebook or Instagram, which I don't know if you remember, but those platforms, there used to be a lot more copyright issues a lot more stolen content a lot of pages just growing quickly because they were taking from other creators and not really crediting and it was just a it was a it was a bad situation and Facebook eventually cracked down like laid the hammer down and said like no like you know if if you get reported for copyright like three strikes and you're out and they'll just shut a page down completely so it mm. kind of happened around this same time where the, these pages started coming out of the woodwork. Like we need video or we need licensed video specifically. They were like, we need safe content. We don't really know where to start. We don't edit videos. Like, so it was a really unique opportunity for me and Luke. Like there was just such a demand in the market. So we started off like word of mouth, you know, people were hearing about us, you know, Hey, these kids have a business, they're licensing, they're doing it the safe way. So for me, it was really Well, it was about making money, which was awesome (laughs) because we were doing really well, but also just, it was really, uh, I was grateful to be put in a position where I had so many clients who understood social media marketing and how to get attention online, teaching me how these videos I was making for them should look. You know, they were teaching me about headlines, about, um, how to get attention right away in the first three seconds. It was like, I was able to soak up all this knowledge and I was just like a sponge. Um, so then I did that. You know, I scaled my company and was able to uh, eventually sell, sell it and exit. And part of that I had to do with LinkedIn. So about a year ago, I got on LinkedIn to create videos for my business at the time. I just thought, you know, I'll make some videos on my personal page. Maybe I'll get some leads. Um, and it was actually a queue. I don't know if you know Quinton Alums, Um, it was actually Q he's, he's, he's big on LinkedIn. He was one of the pioneers, but he, uh, he helped me get started. And it was really his influence that kind of showed me like, Hey, there's a big opportunity on this platform right now. And being so like emerged in the Facebook world, I kind of wasn't, I wasn't thinking about LinkedIn. I didn't really, it wasn't really a thing to me, but then I started posting and then that's when everything changed. You know, I, I not only saw incredible growth for my business from it, but I, um, saw that I had that, you know, um, creativity, that, that creative outlet that I was missing for the past couple of years, I got to fill that again. So, you know, it's not like I'm doing music again, but I very much feel more fulfilled again and kind of back in like my true purpose, which is being creative, you know, being entertaining and, you know, hopefully educating people along the way.
1: Hey friend, if you consider yourself a purveyor of purpose and you want to recruit more people into the rebellion, do this one thing. Do it right now. I want you to, first off, subscribe to the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast. And then I I would ask you to rate and leave comments. Of course, I'll read your comment uh, out to all of the rest of the cyber world and purpose warriors that are out there. Uh, but this just helps us to get found by those people in Stitcher and iTunes and all of the different podcasting, broadcasting platforms that are out there. So if you will do that, you will help me to succeed in my mission to impact more people with a message of purpose. Oh, I love it. I'm going uh, like, to ask this question right now. Like, I feel like, Shay, we're all here to create. Yeah, we're all all co-creators in this thing, and I think that a lot of times we don't know what that is until we get good at something, right? It it takes Mm -hmm. it takes some work hours, like Mm -hmm. a little bit of sweat, uh, to get good at something. And so, but like connect with me, like this whole music thing. Like we went from music, and this was like you were were like you were sold out, (laughs) you were right. Like and I've heard the story, right? You're 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 waitressing. They're like like it was, and. And it kind of felt like it did a nosedive. Like, how did you recover from that personally and and internally? And then, how did you, like, how are you connecting that now with your creative juices and what's happening now?
0: Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's like a really great question. I think it took, it did take a long time for me um, as someone with a little bit of an ego, you know, it took, it definitely took time for me to accept the failure in the music you know like it it i feel like it was um really a logical decision to quit and to to learn video marketing because a lot of artists they just have so much pride that they're like, no, what do you mean? Give up on my dreams. And they, the, the pride kind of blinds them from the reality, which Mm. is like often, oftentimes you're just not growing as an artist though. Like, okay, but how many more tickets have you really sold to your shows? How, how, like, what is this going to look like 10 years from now, if you're growing at such a slow rate? Um, So I really had to, it was hard. Like I really had to call myself out and be realistic about that. And I feel like it, it was a really big, like blow to my ego and my self-esteem for a time. I just felt like a failure. I felt like, you know, even though I was in a great position now, cause I was learning marketing and I was making money and I was, you know, learning more and more about business. Um, I definitely had a sense of failure and I felt like sad that I wasn't able to cut it doing something that I'm really passionate about. Because truthfully, you know, I wasn't as passionate about the marketing stuff. I was just more pragmatic. Like, hey, I need to learn this. Like, for my own benefit, I need these skills. Um, And I don't think a lot of artists are willing to do that. I think they just want to stay in their comfort zone, which is creating, without ever having to learn how to, like, market their creativity. So it, it was hard. I did have a lot of writer's block, like, create... Creative block when I started on LinkedIn, like I had no idea, you know, if people were gonna like my posts I was, you know, kind of having a block in like what I should talk about how to structure my my videos um, And it took a long time to kind of like gain that confidence back like realizing like no, you know Like I am still an entertainer. This is still what fulfills me in my heart And, you know, realizing again, like, no, I am good at this. You know, I think music was a little harder for me because I wasn't as naturally gifted in music. I just loved music. But with the videos, you know, I don't have to sing on key with the videos. (laughs) So like for me, it was really discovering like, oh, well, maybe like I'm better at just being, you know, on camera or I'm better at just coming up with these short video ideas for my own personal brand. Um, and then seeing the reaction of the users like uh, definitely helped validate that. Like, okay, no, I am in my purpose. And I am like doing what I'm good at now.
1: Well, you, you mentioned something and I, I just brought it down. And like, like if you see me not looking at um, you yeah. the camera, really, it's like I'm, I'm taking notes and, you know, giving up on my dreams, like there's such a pride thing for you. And listen, there's a whole entrepreneurial community out there. That um, we get wrapped around something, and it's—I mm-hmm. it's, need to come up with a term, but part of it's going to be fixation. Yeah, like, this is the way that it's going to be, and I'm fixated. that It has to be this way, and yeah. like that can actually be pretty toxic. It is like it right, to, to getting to that place, and especially like if if you've done that for only so long, you don't know what else there is. And I would say, like, my first business venture, Shay went for. Um, <laughs> I went for 13 months without an income. So it was like really a hobby, not really a, yeah. And, and I have children and, yeah. I have a wife, and, and, and we had them moving the move in with my family. This is, you know, almost about a decade ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the reality is, is I didn't know because I'd seen all the Rockies. I didn't know that I could quit. I thought I couldn't quit. Yep. Yeah. But, like what caused you to be able to say, no, that's okay maybe speak to that a little bit because I think there's maybe, there may be someone out there that's like teetering on something that hasn't gone well. That's not like, like, like when is it okay to quit?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I think everyone has their breaking point, you know, and it's just different for everybody. Like I do think eventually everyone comes to the realization that they failed or it's not working or it's not what they thought. Um, For me, I probably just hit that a little sooner because I am a a very impatient person. You know, I'm very like, I want to see results right away. And I had been doing music for, for years, you know, and it it wasn't just like, I, you know, I started recording, I, I tried it out for six months, I did some shows and then I quit. Like, I mean, I was really at this for a long time, you know, and, and I'm, I'm actually proud of the the progress I did make because I didn't come from uh, a place of knowing anything about music, where to market myself, how to do it. And I really didn't have support from my family for even trying to take that route. So like what I did accomplish on my own, just being like young and naive, I am still proud of, but it was like five years of just kind of going in the same circles. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was very impressionable. I was very like just ignorant and I was sold a dream. There's a lot of slimy people in the music industry. So like I was sold a dream a couple times. I kind of like fell into these traps. So it it was just a matter of hitting that breaking point where I was like, okay, like this isn't working. You know, I've gained like 1000 followers in five years. Like I'm just not, this is not the trajectory I want to be on anymore. Um, but it is ego. Like you, you have to put down your ego to even assess that accurately and see the situation for what it is. So for me, you know, if, if someone out there is like questioning, should I quit or, you know, should I take this risk? Am I doing the right thing? I would definitely urge people to try to step outside of their ego and just be logical. Mm. Cause I think that can be really hard for us. I think we lie, you know, this, like, I see this with like, College, for example, like people who have degrees they don't use and they have debt that's essentially just like wasn't necessary, and they'll still like be in denial, like no, I loved college though it was totally worth it, and it's kind of like yeah, that's because you invested so much into it that your ego won't let you admit you made a mistake because it would be too painful to face. Right. Like I pay off these loans every month for nothing, than it is to lie and tell yourself like no, but I did a good thing though. It's like you you have to look at outside. Um, like ask around, you know, ask outside sources. I had Luke at that point in my life to kind of help me see the, through the smoke and mirrors and like see the reality of like, this is where you are. Like, is this really where you want to be? So that was helpful to have just like an outsider kind of call me out. But you've got to put down your ego is the is the main, the bottom line.
1: Yeah. And that's hard to do, right? It's, it's hard to, it's hard to look outside of like that self-validation. We all have yes. it. We all want to yes. think great things about ourselves. And Yeah. I think obviously there, there there's always greatness within, but sometimes we try to look for it maybe a little too hard in the wrong areas. I'm really interested, Shay, in the rebound, and um, you know, like you know, this is you, you shut this down, and and I always find that um, something clicks, right? Yeah. Something like our eyes are open. And maybe it, maybe it was, I don't know what it was, but you literally started something within a matter of just a few years. I don't know. You have a, you have an empire.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you.
1: Um, talk talk about that. Like what, what moment was there of the switch? And And when did you realize that this is something that I can live in this space?
0: Yeah. Um, probably when I got that first paycheck from my bedroom, you know, just working from home and like, realizing how easy in a way it is to make money on the internet. You know, if you're truly providing value and uh, giving people a service that they need, it was like, for me that happened and I realized, okay, there's a whole nother world out there that I just don't know. And I haven't been aware of, and I'm going to, I'm going to continue pursuing this. I'm going to continue to learn about this. So, and it was also, um, really good for my, you know, for my self-esteem because I hadn't really made money off my music and I was waitressing, you know, so I got to quit my waitressing job, which was scary, you know, because when you're an entrepreneur, the income's not always very consistent. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just like starting to get paid good money, you know, I was, I, I eventually worked up to making more than I was making as a waitress and then it just went up from there. It was like, for 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 me, that was kind of the turning point where I was like, okay, this you're in the right spot right now
1: people of purpose i have something for you go to my website right now donnytuttle.com and click on the registration and i will send you a free mini masterclass on purpose listen we talk about who are you being as a human being taking an account for what you want to be in the future and breaking that up into smaller steps with vision boards we tackle self-talk and what I would call your I am statements. Listen, it is a great powerful way to get yourself rocking and rolling. Go register right now at dot com. Love it. And, and I guess one of the things that I've seen as you're doing, I, I want, I want to know maybe a little bit about how you choose your content, because I feel like there's um, obviously there are things that are going to get people's attention, the right people's attention. Yeah. So a good, healthy mix of things. It's just like, I feel like it's just uniquely you. Thank you. And like, tell me how you enter into this place of service with, with others where you're like, I am, I'm giving of what's inside of me because I want to free you from your chains. I see a lot of this chain breaking, um, you know, mentality stuff going on from you. And, um, it's powerful. Like, how do you, how do you decide that? How do you how do I decide what to talk about? <clears throat> well, I mean, just being able to to um, to be completely yourself and being mm-hmm. completely honest about that. So mm-hmm. it's like you're serving in a way that's not just self-serving. You're you're not just you're not just putting stuff out there that's that's content that's going to bring people into your company. You're not, it, it doesn't necessarily yeah. It's just yeah calculated to create business, but it's also calculated to serve. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear maybe a little bit of the balance or the thought process that goes into that for you, like this purpose and productivity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, Well, you know, obviously a a lot of my strategy comes from data, you know, and that's also how I service my clients is like, you got to test everything, what works, what doesn't. And so I do appreciate, you know, just being able to Um, Assess what I've done and and what people like to hear about and make more of that, but I think on a personal level, like uh, my uh, like as like my own personal mission, I just I grew up in a very like fake environment. I grew up like just around a lot of BS where things weren't real. It 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 was all a facade. It was a fake reality, which is really actually not unique to me. I mean, a lot of families Mm -hmm. live like this, and and um. It made me so like resentful of people not telling or exposing the, the true truth, and it made me very, um, it made me very intolerant. I guess I'll say of just like fakeness and just like surface, surfacey stuff, which so much of our culture is based on is very like surfacey stuff. So uh, for me, it's like that quote. You know, you've heard that quote, like be be the person you needed when you were younger or something like that. Like for me, it's about being the voice to the public about these real issues that I think we all know deep down are significant, are important, aren't touched on enough, but we're all kind of scared to be the one to, you know, be outspoken and even controversial and shed light on these issues. So for me, it's, it's very easy to talk about these tough topics because I know that when I was younger, if I would have found an influencer who was validating my beliefs while I'm you know growing up stuck in a home that's very toxic, that would have been very uh, helpful for me. And that would have been healing to kind of just feel like, you know, you're not alone. And that is the experience I've had for the most part on LinkedIn is people messaging me that they feel the same way that they, you know, never heard anyone willing to talk about this before. And like, Oh, thank you. So it's very, it's very easy to continue when you have so many people thanking you for, for being the the voice in
1: a sense. Mm. Do you feel like that's a part of your mission?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely always trying to call out people's bullshit, including my own, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I definitely am uh, not perfect and I make mistakes myself as well. And I have to be real about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just, I, I'm not afraid to question things and challenge things. And sometimes my, my videos aren't even necessarily taking a stance on anything. It's just me asking a question, you know, it's just me kind of like, challenging something like hey are we sure about this or like have we ever really thought this through though like are there other things to consider i like i like being um someone who kind of provokes that in people because it's much easier for the typical human to just follow the crowd and feel accepted like well i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to rock the boat or anything um yeah
1: (laughs) so you are the boat rocker Oh, um, for show. yes. <laughs> so so um, Thoreau said this. He said, the mass of men are um, leading lives of quiet desperation.
0: Mm, yes.
1: The with their song, Still Inside. Yeah. And, like, when, when you, first off, I think there's a, there's a song, right, in, in all of us. And, um, like, if you, were, if you were to say that about yourself, your song, that that others are hearing, and I think some of it you just now shared. If you could, I'm not asking you to sing it, you are not to sing it. But if but if there's a song in Shea Robottom's life that um, that releases power and beauty into this this world, what would that be?
0: Like a real song, like by an actual artist, like a no, no, I no, just, uh, maybe no, no?
1: Just, just just something like uh, the, like like for me. Um, Purpose, like if I if I were to share anything with with people, it's like you know like there there's a purpose for you, and mm-hmm. um and and you can live a joyful life now that like like so it's like there like that's my like that's my life statement I guess that, that's yeah that version of that but it's like is there um is there anything that if I were to if I were to squeeze um from you and from your marrow that's just inside of you that's mm-hmm. just this message that you want the whole world to know
0: yeah and- sure sure. Yeah. Okay. So people um, in general are never really taught to love themselves Mm -hmm. and are never really told that they can be selfish. This is especially true for women. You know, a lot of times we're, we grow up being conditioned to believe that um, any act like for ourselves is selfish and you should focus on spending your energy, helping others and helping the world but it's very ironic because the best way for anyone to help the world is to be happy first themselves. Um, So, you know, for me, I just really want to give people permission to do that for themselves. And I want people to understand that it's very common in our culture and you'll see this all the time to like compliment someone else to say, you know, like Donnie, you're awesome. Like your podcast is amazing. You're killing it on LinkedIn or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's very easy. And then, and then, and then society supports that they back that up. They're like, Oh, Shay's giving compliments. This is great. You know, we are accepting of this. This is, this is normal versus when you do it to yourself you know, if I were to just make a video, come on and say like, dude, I'm awesome. I'm great at creating videos. I'm so proud of myself. I can't even believe I'm a powerhouse. Yes, yes, yes. People are really uncomfortable with that. You know, people like, oh, are arrogant much? Or like, kind of like, what are you doing there, Shay? It's like, well, why is it different? Why am I allowed to say these things to Donnie? But then if I turn it on myself and show appreciation for my own being, I'm somehow viewed as selfish or flawed. It's a really weird thing in our society where, like, it's okay to compliment others and it's okay to praise others. But oftentimes, the minute we do it to ourselves, you know, to what I would consider a healthy degree, we're shamed for it. And it perpetuates this culture in which people can't do what they want, people can't learn to love themselves, people can't follow their own path, their own dreams. Um, and it's sad because there are so many people just living their lives for others and for the expectations of what, you know, what others have put on them.
1: All right. Okay. So I'm going to let you instruct us because this is something <laughs> that I think is super powerful. Um, say I work with, I, I, if I were to mention some of the names of the people I work with, um, a lot of people would, would know them. But, uh, the, but they're, in a, they're in a place and they don't know what they're here, why they're here for Mm. And and even though they have all kinds of money and fame and wealth, they don't. Um, they, like they're not doing this one thing. Yeah, I think that they're that they're crap. So what? Like, give me the medicine, Jay. Like, what do you do to yourself to kind of to uh, to have that self talk? Because like, just you personally, how do you do it? <sighs>
0: oh man, you know, it's. Uh, it's a lot I, I think you know there's so many ways I could answer that question. I liked how you use the term medicine um because the the medicine or what they call you know quote medicine um in our culture is all you know man made big pharma drugs that are meant to uh, put a band-aid on you and not really heal you, but keep you as a customer for life. Mm. So, you know, I think, and I do see this shift happening already in the mass population for the most part, it's, it's somewhat shifting where we're kind of starting to wake up and go back into nature because all the medicine and all the, the healing we need is, is in nature, either through, you know, plant medicines, through just being in nature is very therapeutic, going for walks, eating clean, you know, being connected to the earth that's what we have now. We've kind of reached a pivotal point with technology and everything where we've veered so far away from that, that it's like the rubber band is snapping and people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're kind of all waking up. Like, you know, I do want to get off my antidepressants and I do want to, you know, start eating a clean diet. And I do want to you know, make, make, a, a uh, make a commitment to, you know, just once a month, go in the woods, go camping, go, you know, get, get reconnected with nature because truly everything we need is in nature. And mm-hmm. it's so hard for people to heal and face their demons today because we're so distracted. You know, we're in the modern world. It's easy to just band bandaid, you know, go eat junk food, go consume Netflix, go on social media, just keep piling it up. Just keep covering it up when the the true path to getting to the root of your issues and i'm talking about the root of your issues you know is to be in silence is to meditate is to reflect is to put down all of those distractions and re-emerge yourself in nature because that's really where we come from and that's that's really where all the answers lie
1: so so for shay to to go back in and, and operate and remove the bad programming and to put in the good, you're telling me that it's nature inside. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah, and and I'll just give you another example to, to kind of just show the different ways that this can happen. Like, I struggled with asthma a lot in my life. Like, when I was, I think about 15, no, 16 or so, you know, I started getting really bad asthma. And it, it only escalated from there. I was um, getting sick all the time. My immune system was shot. I was... I would get these coughs like every like two months. I would just get sick with this cough and then my asthma would perpetuate it. I'd have bronchitis. I was just in a really bad place with my asthma. And it really, um, like to anyone who has asthma, I just like my heart goes out to them because that is not a feeling I'd wish on anyone, not being able to breathe. It's, 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 it's horrible. So what I I did for years was I saw Western doctors and they all told me, like, there's nothing you can do about it. You just you'll always have this. You got to have inhalers. They put me on steroids multiple times. You know, I was just heavily medicated and it was expensive. (laughs) Um, So eventually I went and I saw uh, an uh, Ayurvedic doctor, an Indian doctor. And she told me that I need to be doing breathing exercises, you know, which seems pretty obvious, like asthma breathing exercises, but no doctor had ever told me that before. And I just wasn't really into like yoga or meditation at the time. I just wasn't really on the, I wasn't educated. And so she gave me this exercise. She said, look, do this every morning. She also put me on a a diet, you know, to kind of like an anti-inflammatory diet to kind of just clean, clean up my inside. But she said, every morning do this exercise. And I said, okay, I'll try it. And within two weeks, my asthma was gone. Within two weeks, I was no longer using my inhaler. And I never used it. I, literally, like the, the two weeks it kicked in. And it's been um, actually June on June 6th, so just a week from today, um, it will be my two-year anniversary from having used any inhaler. Wow. And all, all I did was breathe all i did was breathe learn how to meditate learn how to be with myself and it just kind of it just regulated everything within me and it and also it's free <laughs> it's just nature you know i'm not paying for inhalers anymore i'm not going you know having to take so many trips to the pulmonary clinic and like it's it was just really eye opening like wow so that's when i started to you know um look more into um natural remedies for my health and, and different alternative medicines.
1: That is, that's powerful. And if I can make a, maybe a little bit of a link and uh, yeah. maybe go on a slight rant here.
0: Okay, okay. yeah, let's hear the rant.
1: You're, you're in the coaching industry, right? Yes. You're, you're, I'm in the coaching industry. And you mentioned something that I feel like every, like we have to, we have to be careful. Like, I, I feel like I wanna not be big pharma. Right. I think that most people out there in, in our industry in self-improvement, they want to create, I wrote it down, you said man-made customers for life. Yes, yes. What, like, do I really want to create another dependent mm-hmm. or do I want to create a hero? Yeah, they, thank like, you. Like, what, am I, what am I reproducing in this world? In, in yes. The world? Every place you go to, they have a program that has one more step and there's one more step, and and boy, you'd almost have it if you just had this yeah. one more step, and it's just like that one more little bit of a hit of a drug. Yep. The reality is, is if none of us are doing everything we know to do. Yeah. We're doing those simple breathing exercises, right? Whenever it comes down to it. Yeah. And definitely. If we take that moment and we're actually willing to have that silence and you know have the journaling time where you're where you're in your notes and my notes but it's okay you know have that moment of, of journaling time or or whatever it is for you you know it's, it, for me it's prayer I I still like music as a place of connection but I don't like I never did it professionally I just it, like it's just me and me and God that's just how I yeah, that's yeah. a thing like that aligns me that gives me answers and access to things that I didn't necessarily have from going to a conference and don't get me wrong I yeah. love conferences I love yeah. coaches I have coaches like all of those things, those aren't bad. But when we're always looking for the answers from without Mm -hmm. instead of from within, I think it cripples us.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think you touched on like a really important point where it's almost this collective like scarcity mindset that we have in society that you want to just give people enough so that they keep coming back and they're a repeat customer versus if you just fix people and give them, you know, the permanent solution to their needs You're going to have more success because you're you're going to have so many testimonials of people saying, you know, this is the person, this is the person, that it actually has the reverse effect to what most people believe when they're kind of in that scarcity mindset. Like, no, I need I need to not give people the entire treatment because then I'll never they'll never come back. I'll be out of business. It's sort of like it's this whole. It's the whole world. You know, we, we value money more than we value like just actually um, creating happiness for humanity. It's it, the motivation is money instead of, well, we can, we now have enough resources in the world to feed everyone. We now have enough resources to house and clothe everyone then why 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 is not everyone getting helped because those aren't the priorities still collectively the priorities are still you know money competition you know corporation like that life like being on top being the best right. and i do, and i do think this is also shifting um, where people are starting to wake up and realize like okay we treat the entire world like an economy like a business like we don't treat the world like well what is our mission here or don't we really just want everyone to be happy and and to have peace so it's kind of it's it's cool that you touched on that about people not wanting to really help people all the way or provide as much value as they could because they've been conditioned. We're afraid. To,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and well, I, I, I think that right, like what, like there's this movement towards organic, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the reality is, is that, is that all of us see that value, and it's like, yeah, I'll pay you know fifty percent more for something that was grown on this type of plant or whatever. But and, and the interesting thing is, is and that's very trendy now with with food, we yeah. realize that there's there's a reason for that. But we don't realize that actually our relationships and our businesses and our lives and our families, there's there's a very simple way to do these things. Mm. And this stuff is hard if you want it to be hard. Yeah. But if you if if you can if it, it's actually pretty simple. Mm-hmm. as well yeah. you you said you said something like and it just kind of made me think and I, I, I'm curious with with the rise of a, of a business the way that yours has risen you went from being a waitress right uh playing singing gigs yeah and, um and and now you're now you're the head of a you know successful business I don't know you have like a billion people um in warehouses and underground bunkers all over the world it's exactly you know, what it paying. is yeah. and and so like 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 what what has changed and what's been your challenge with with that type of success because sometimes that can mess with our little self-talk stuff too and and um I mean that's there's a transition going on there as well
0: so there's so Grant Cardone has a quote you know if no one hates you no one knows you and I think that really applies here because truly for a lot of my life I was um in a position where i was able to have everyone like me you know but it's also because i wasn't big i wasn't growing i wasn't known as soon as you get big and i'm i'm not just talking about like big as like an influencer online but big with your business you know you start attracting more and more clients you start servicing more and more people just talking to more and more people um you will mess up you know you will make mistakes it, it doesn't matter how perfect your business is There is chances are there will be a dissatisfied customer who has bad things to say about you who had a bad experience. Chances are, you know, uh, there's people who see my videos who, you know, hate me or even report them because they're offended. You know, the, the, the point is it's like you, you have to break through and just accept that at a certain level of success, you're not everyone's going to like you. It's impossible. If you want to get everyone to like you, be nobody. You know, be nobody and help nobody essentially mm-hmm. is what it is. So for me, especially earlier in my life, being such a people pleaser and wanting all the attention and love I could get, it was like kind of hard for me to break through that and step into like, Shay, there's going to be some people who just like outwardly don't like you and like you need to be okay with that.
1: That is powerful. Uh, like if, if like if I if I could uh, like I, I feel like that's one of the most valuable things I share with people in the world of sales is like listen not everyone's a fit
0: and actually,
1: that's okay because like it's not a failure I just found out that they're not a fit
0: exactly exactly
1: okay so this was a two for one podcast it's Shay Robottom on the Purpose Driven Executive podcast as well as the Sell Anywhere podcast and so. Part two of this, it's only about 15 minutes long, is Shay talking about how to sell from a place of authenticity, which she has done an amazing job at. So go ahead and jump over to Sell Anywhere and hear part two, or if you're a good purpose-driven executive um, and you request it, maybe we can put it on the PDE show as well. Hey, thanks for joining us and uh, let us know what you think and don't forget to... Follow, like, subscribe, and leave comments. That helps us to get found. All right, guys. We will catch you soon.